and who's your favorite baseball team? Uh, I am from Studebaker Brewing Company, and my favorite baseball team is the Chicago Cubs. Woo, happy World Series. <laughs> Staten Island Beer Company, my favorite baseball team is the New York Yankees. Lupulin Brewing and the Minnesota Twins. I'm with Taxman Brewing, my favorite baseball team is the Boston Red Sox. I'm from Land Grant Brewing Company in Columbus, Ohio, and my favorite baseball team is the Columbus Clippers. I'm from Colorado, my baseball team is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Odell Brewing in Fort Collins, Colorado. My favorite baseball team, I'm Toss. A little bit of a toss-up there. I uh, I grew up listening to the Kansas City Royals, Kansas City Royal baseball on the on the tractor when I was growing up. But now I live in Colorado, so I'm a Colorado Rockies fan. Wonderful. And we have Blair here. What brewery are you from, and who is your favorite baseball team? I'm with the National Barley Growers Association in Washington D.C., and we support the Washington Nationals. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hop Union. This is our sixth episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we're broadcasting live from our trade show booth here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, where we have the annual Craft Brewers Conference. Uh, today we have a very very special guest, Mike Sabo from Toppling Goliath Brewery in Decorah, Iowa. Uh, before we get to Mike and introduce him, Steve, what's going on in the hop world this week and what's going on in, uh, back, in, back home in uh, the P&W? Well, first of all, I've got to say I feel like I'm on Mike and Mike in the morning. Uh, <laughs> a couple of mics here. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great conference so far. I know we've got a lot of attendance by our growers uh, here at the, the conference. We had a nice dinner last night. We actually had a board meeting here, and that's the reason that they're here. And just talking with a couple of them this morning, I think they're a bit nervous and a little anxious to get back into the fields. That's right. Uh, they know that great hops make great beer, and it's training season in the uh, Pacific Northwest. So they're wanting to get back and make sure those crews are out there and getting the timing just right on uh, hop training. Yeah, I know yesterday I saw uh, um, Diana and Michelle Gooding, you know, from our, two of our good Idaho growers, and uh, yeah, they were anxious to get back home and get on the training. Mike, uh, they said, was uh, wondering where they were. He wanted them to get back <laughs> home. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot going on right now. It's just the beginning of the growing season, and uh, this is a key time over the next three weeks, getting that training down, get the timing down. Um, we uh, had an opportunity actually yesterday to talk to a couple of our friends from Germany as well mm -hmm. and got a little early crop report there. Uh, sounds like they uh, went right from winter into summer. They've had some real warm weather. The, mm -hmm. the hops appear to be maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Right. Uh, too early to tell whether that's good or bad. But uh, Just we'll another see. reminder that uh, this is an agricultural commodity and uh, very dependent on the weather. And uh, it's like baseball. Thankfully for the, for the hops in, in Germany and thankfully for the Minnesota Twins, it's a long season because uh, <laughs> the Twins are off to a terrible start right now. The Mariners are doing their duty, uh, beating the Indians on, on our behalf. But uh, uh, the Twins are off to a bad start. But finally warming up across uh, the entire United States, which is, uh, which is great for baseball. Finally, we're going to see some better beer consumption, hopefully. Yep. And, uh, and then just like you said, uh, with the hops in the United States, finally getting some heat in the PNW. And, and we're just very happy as Mariner fans that uh, Fernando Rodney is wearing a Minnesota <laughs> Twins uniform. That is, um, that is a he, gift that keeps on giving. Even though last night uh, Edwin Diaz for the Mariners did his best uh, Fernando Roddy impression, uh, impression uh, with uh, a blown save in the ninth. But, uh, 
Well, you know, we're, we're talking that we've been trying to uh, talk with people from different major league towns. And, uh, you know, for those of us who are uh, rank sentimentalists when it comes to baseball, you know, there, there's nothing like uh, the Field of Dreams movie. Uh, it was a great book. Uh, it was The original book was something like Shoeless Joe. I can't remember. Ray, yeah. uh, Ray Kinsella was the author. Um, yeah. And you can quote this in, in your sleep, can't you, Steve? The, the whole scenes from that book. Well, the one constant through the years, Mike, has been baseball. Right. And I can go on and on. I, that's by far my favorite movie uh, as a baseball fan. Um, you know, sometimes I can talk my wife into watching the movie with me, and uh, she's always got to get the tissues out. Not for her, <laughs> for, you. for me. Yeah, so uh, great movie, and uh, it's nice to uh, be yes. here with someone in the... Uh, From the state uh, of Iowa. Yeah. Mike, Mike Sable and uh, Toppling Goliath today is, I believe, the largest brewery in the state of Iowa. Certainly it's got some fantastic beer. Uh, one of our good partners, our hop uh, partners as we uh, as we continue to focus on growing good hops and, and selling it to great brewers and so mike uh, welcome to our our baseball uh, podcast well thanks for having me mike and steve i appreciate it uh also appreciate the the help with all the additional hops that you guys have helped us out with and uh you know if anybody wants to visit us up in uh in decora iowa uh, it's only about an hour and a half away to get to the Field of Dreams, and that's uh, that's another must stop if you're if you're in the state of Iowa. So we got two destination spots now. We got Field of Dreams baseball field, and we got Toppling Goliath uh, Brewery in Decor, Iowa. And you guys have just expanded your brewery, right, Mike? That's correct. We we just put up a uh, sixty thousand square foot building and a ten thousand square foot tap room, uh, two level tap room, a upper level and a lower level bar, um, and it's it's just been fantastic for us um, and then the other part of the expansion was on the the brew house side where we we put in a hundred barrel brew house uh, fantastic cellar and then a, a high-speed canning line so we we couldn't be happier right now how much of your beer is uh, is sold percentage wise on, on premise right there through your tap room and then how much are you selling in you know in the state of Iowa and then how much uh, gets out of the out of the state well, there, there's certainly a healthy amount that we that we sell on premise, uh, but really the, the majority of our beer goes out to distribution. Mm -hmm. uh, we started small back in 2009, just brewing uh, half barrel size batches. But we always knew if we were going to survive, if we were going to make it, we would have to rely on a distribution model. Uh, so thankfully, the the state of Iowa keeps us keeps us uh, going and. Uh, we're also in the surrounding states in the Midwest, so Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, both the Dakotas and Nebraska. And you guys have some beers that are so popular. You really do have people coming in and, and lining up to get those special releases, right? Yeah, especially our, our barrel-aged beers. Uh, so we, we usually release one or two of those uh, every year, and we just recently did one at the, at the end of March, and we had people that flew in from Brazil and China oh, wow. and Korea. Uh, so that was that was a fantastic turnout. That's that pretty had. cool. Yeah, I'm curious about your background, Mike. Uh, where did your uh, passion for great beer and for uh, craft brewing come from? Tell us a little about your background. So when I was uh, when I was a teenager, I was a part of a German exchange program, and I got to stay with a couple great families over there. And beer was just uh, that was a part of. Uh, their daily life or the uh, culture part of the culture yeah. uh, so we would have beer with dinner um, and out of spending time over there I was able to try many different styles of beer and I was just fascinated um, by what beer could actually be then of course when I came back over to the US 
Uh, I wasn't old enough to, to buy any beer, but I was old enough to purchase the ingredients to make beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 started, uh, I started brewing um, at a young age, and uh, at first people, uh, my family wasn't necessarily thrilled with, with that, but they, they could see my, my passion for brewing. Uh, and then they, they really uh, started to enjoy that, and uh, it's really just kind of snowballed from there. So are you self-taught, or did you go to one of the brewing institutes? And uh, um, I know there's a couple great ones in the uh, um, Midwest. Chicago, Siebel, yeah. and yep. Yeah, so I'm mostly self-taught. I, I purchased, uh, I purchased my, my brewing textbooks and studied uh, for brewing school while I was going to the University of Iowa. Um, I essentially moonlighted as if I was going to become a pharmacist, but I knew that brewing was what I was going to do. And Not much difference, really, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was a good o- good overlap there, yeah. um, and so I, I just knew that brewing was it for me. Um, so I burned my ships. I wanted to take the island of, of, of brewing. Uh, went full speed ahead, um, and have eventually gotten to to here where I am today. Great. Sounds like you made a great choice. Yeah. Thank Are you, you from Decor originally, Mike? I'm originally from West Union, Iowa, so about okay. uh, about 30, 30 miles south of Decorah. And Toppling Goliath is a pretty unique name. How did that uh, How did that develop? How did you come up with that name? So that was actually uh, that was that was uh, that originated from Clark's uh, original business, um, which was meant to be a marketing company, mm-hmm. and it was meant to help other businesses overcome the obstacles of growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the general legal obst- obstacles that people uh, have to overcome to be able to grow their business. Well, that business didn't quite take off for him, but he but he really liked the name, and so he just kind of he, he sold off the functional portion of the business and retained the name. Well, David and Goliath. Uh, yeah. Steve, that might resonate a little bit with uh, Yakima Chief and how we developed as a company and... Uh, Took yeah. down a few Goliaths on our own on the way here, right? We, we uh, started off with very humble beginnings uh, almost 30 years ago. In fact, we're, we've got plans for a, a big celebration of our past and kickoff for the future at the end of July. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a long road, but uh, in many ways our story parallels a lot of our craft brewer customers mm-hmm. in terms of humble beginnings and uh Focusing on quality, yep. uh, we, we love to partner with uh, folks that are making great beer because we do our best to make sure the hops will uh, help you folks make great beer. Mike, I'm curious, and I, I truly don't know the answer to this. How did you um, first uh, start buying hops from Yakima Chief, and how did you um, get involved with uh, coming out to Yakima? We were talking about that a little bit earlier, but uh, how did that whole journey start with you? So prior to, to joining Toppling Goliath, I worked at uh, at another brewery in Iowa, and we had purchased uh, a portion of our hops through YCH Hop Union, um, and I just really fell in love with the with the quality of the hops that we got. They were they were very aromatic, um, and they were and they were consistent. And that's what we were that's what we were looking for. So it was uh, it was pretty obvious choice uh, at Toppling Goliath to be able to. Uh, continue to capture um, what we could get from YCH. And uh, how many how many barrels of beer do you, how many barrels of beer did you brew last year and how much do you anticipate brewing this year? 
So last year we, we were around 25,000 barrels uh, in total, and then this year we're looking at finishing up around 35 to 40,000 barrels. Craft beer is not dead in Iowa either, huh? Nope, craft beer is growing in Iowa. How long have you been coming to CBC? We should talk about CBC for a few minutes here. How long have you been coming to the Craft Brewers Conference, uh, the annual uh, show? The first CBC I went to was in 2012, and we have a tendency to get to CBC probably once every two years or okay. so. And what uh, what are you seeing different this year? What's uh, what's caught your eye? Any any new uh, equipment? Any trends you've heard about, or any other seminars that have been uh, particularly interesting for you? You know the the pieces of equipment that we've that we've really looked at uh, at this show. Uh, I've seen some very interesting ways of introducing hops and other uh, adjunct type of agreement. Uh, ingredients to to the tanks and I think that's that's been the most fascinating thing I mean we've been uh, really happy with our brew house so it's uh, it's what else can we do to uh, just really amplify uh, how explosive the, the hops are and any other ingredients we, we choose to incorporate I know we've got the World Beer Cup tonight uh, do you have any beers that are entered in the competition we actually did not enter that okay yeah I know that's, uh, I've come to quite a few of these uh, craft brew conferences, and it seems like that year that we have the World Beer Cup is, is a little better attended than the other other years. And uh, is, it, is it a true world beer? I mean, are there beers from all over the world, or oh is yeah. it specifically you? It is all over the world. Yeah, and they add categories every year. I'm not sure how many categories, but I'm sure it's more than 100 different categories of, of beer. So that's, that's a great event. I've been to a few of them, and... Uh, it uh, creates some a lot of buzz around the industry because everybody wants to get their beers in there and, and uh, see what the judges think. Are you doing any uh, different beers, Mike, in your brewery? And is there are there uh, clearly defined uh, changes in consumer preferences, at least in, in, in your in your brew pub uh, back in Decorah? We really we really get uh, a lot of people that are looking for happier and happier beers now which is which is nice when we when well, that's we, too bad <laughs> <laughs> the uh the consumer as a whole they 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 really love uh the hazy look in mm -hmm. in most ipas and we prefer to do um, multiple interpretations of, of ipa and a hoppy beer so we we appreciate the the more west coast style we we appreciate the the, the hazy style as well um and then another one that's that that's really grown for us is our Dragon Fandango. So that's a, that's a kettle soured uh, Berliner Weiss that we use uh, dragon fruit, passion fruit, and mango in it. Are you using the red uh, dragon fruit or the white one? Do you get a, the, the pinkish color with that? Yep, it's, a, pink, cool. it's a pink colored beer. Cool. We go yeah. with, uh, with the red dragon fruit. Yeah, yep. Very cool. No, I mean, we I spent a lot of time in Asia, and, uh, and we've talked a lot about uh, the descriptors for our hops. Uh, we tend to use in the U.S., you know, the, 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 the flavor profiles we grew up with. And so you have grapefruit and you have lemon maybe or some of these other citrus profiles. And then if you talk to uh, people who grew up in Asia, they'll talk about uh, lychee or, you know, guava and some of these other more, a little bit more exotic uh, fruits than what we're used to in the United States. And I think that opens up a whole new level of opportunity for some of these hops to come in. Sure. And that's where we, you know, speaking of Mike Sabo, uh, we're very pleased to announce our, our new hop, Sabro, which is used to be known as uh, HBC 438, which again has a really distinct aroma profile. And we've been sampling those beers. We've had a couple of collaboration beers here this week with some great brewers. 
uh, and uh, uh, the Tiki Tom, I think, is we've sold out of that as soon as oh we get goodness. that one on tap. It goes yeah. really fast. But this 438 hop, I think, is, is really going to be a big one because it's outside of that sort of citrusy profile that we've had some mm -hmm. of our other ones. And, uh, Steve, you've, you've been more familiar with it. And maybe, you know, what do you think of that and how do you think that's going to it, play it's out? It's a very unique hop. It comes from uh, Neo Mexicanus' uh, uh, mother. So right. it's, it's uniquely different. And, uh, I think that's something we try to do before we release a variety is just do the research and make sure that it's uh, another color on that palette for artists like Mike that are creating a new flavor of, of right. beer. So we're excited about it and uh, hopefully uh, it helps uh, our customers make uh, great beer. You know, we call it Sabro or Sabro, but I think there's a lot of people that for a long time are going to continue to call it Ron <laughs> Mexico. You know, that's that was the nickname it got because of the Neo-Mexicanus. And, uh, but I yeah. think a lot of people will call that for a long time. Uh, yeah. But it's a, it's a great hop, and it's a great. Uh, it's going to make a lot of really good beers. So uh, get your orders in quickly. Uh, you know, if you haven't done yeah. that so far. Hey, Mike, how many IPAs do you have now that you offer uh, at the brewery? I'm just curious. So we have four core or mainstay IPAs that we put into cans right now, and then we we rotate brands throughout the year. We we prefer to take a rotational approach. Uh, yeah. But throughout the course of a year, we could easily be producing 25 different IPAs. Yeah, it's amazing. The, the thing we always like to say uh, when we're brewing a hoppy beer, we try to make it uh, the liquid translation of the hop. That's really what we try to do is take what we're able to experience out of the, out of the field and out of when you first open up a fresh bag of hops, we're trying to translate into a beer in a palatable way. That's one of the amazing things that I've seen over the years about the craft beer uh, movement is that uh, you could go into any brewery 15 years ago and you would have a house IPA and now you go in and there's a session IPA there's a dark IPA there's an imperial IPA there's a there's a Belgian IPA I mean there's just all these different wonderful styles and they're all hot forward beers with with just some amazing uh, variability on the taste so just curious how many you've got. It's amazing you're doing uh, 25 a year. Uh, let's go back to Field of Dreams for a second. We've got to talk about baseball <laughs> a few more minutes yet. So that movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's uh, like 1989 maybe, 1987, somewhere in that time zone with Kevin Cosner. Yeah. I think he and you and I all had hair back then, so that was those were the golden years. We did, yeah. Uh, I won't ask you if you were around for the 1919 White Sox uh, scandal, but that was a bit part of that movie was uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. What do you think uh, the, 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 the Comiskey field at that time, what do you think they would have served for beer? Any idea back uh, back in the day what would have been uh. popular for uh, early 1900 Chicago? Yeah, uh, assuming it was before Prohibition. That's right. Uh, yeah. Because that was, it came you know, yeah, yeah. right about that time. I would guess it was some lager style beer, yeah. um, you know, basically on the German tradition of brewing back yeah. then, uh, most of the beer was. Were the, uh, were the Cardinals the first team to truly be sponsored by a beer company with Anheuser-Busch uh, or were there others, do you know, I don't know if you go I back, you know, J uh, Jacob Rupert, the old owner of the Yankees, I know, is a brewer uh, yeah. back in the Babe Ruth days. I don't know if it goes earlier than that or not. Y you know, I don't either, but I do know I had an interesting conversation years ago with August Bush the okay. third. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was in um, Washington State. Mm -hmm. uh, as the story goes, he was shaving one morning, 
and uh, he saw this young governor from uh, Washington, Gary Locke at the time, sure. talking about balancing the budget, mm -hmm. and uh, he was entertaining the idea of sin taxes. That set Mr. Bush off. He, he called his local congressman at the time and said, hey, set me up a meeting with, uh, uh, with yep. Gary Locke. And so I was invited as a young hop grower to right. represent kind of the hop growers at this lobbying effort. And it was very interesting because I had a side conversation with Mr. Bush about baseball, of course. Right, I didn't want to sure. lose that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had just, uh, uh, was, was just selling the St. Louis Cardinals. Ah. And I says, why did you make that decision to sell the Cardinals? He says, really two reasons. One reason, I had this young gentleman named uh, um, shortstop for the Cardinals back Ozzie then. Oz, no, no, not no, Ozzie. Ozzie Smith. Yes, Ozzie Smith. Yep. Had this young shortstop, came into my office, and he wanted $3 million to play baseball for us. And he says, a lot of my top managers at that time weren't making that much. I just didn't seem, think that was right. <laughs> So that was one of the reasons. The other reason was because of Major League Baseball rules, he wasn't able to advertise Budweiser in the other ballparks at the time. Only in uh, uh, St. Louis. Only in St. Louis. Ah, and so okay. he uh, um, made the decision, I'm selling this, uh, this ball team at, at that point. And, and now you can see Budweiser's everywhere, advertised much, everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and actually, Ozzie Smith, uh, not only got his contract, but after his baseball career was rewarded with a very lucrative uh, distributorship. So, Ozzy, what a what a gifted shortstop! Oh my goodness! I mean, and it was just a joy to see him uh, doing his backflips as he would go out. Yep. I mean, but he was really sort of the uh, the uh, the role model for all of those great Dominican uh, shortstops that yep. came later. And, and uh, but man, it was fun to watch the Cardinals back in the, those days. It really and, uh, was. But uh, so back to Field of Dreams. Uh, so you've got uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, you've got the Kevin Cosner uh, character, and then you've got Burt Lancaster, that M M Moonlight Graham was his name, yeah. right? Yeah. And then in the movie, he was from upstate Minnesota, and he got his one, what a great poignant scene uh, where he's got that one chance to play, and then he gets back, because I'm going back to marry my sweetheart and yep. take care of the community and, uh, yeah. in, in upper Minnesota. They need a doctor. Uh, just, you know, but back to community, you know, and, and that's what Kevin Cosner did with Field of Dreams, and and Mike really feels like you're doing the same thing there in Decor is just being part of that community, and that's why you're growing as much as anything, right? You make a great beer, but you're part of the Decor community, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, any uh, any thoughts this week for the rest of the world in baseball? Um, you know, it, it's it's fun to watch. You can never predict baseball. Um, I mean, who would have thought the Atlanta Braves would be in first place yeah. in the uh, National League uh, East? Um, teams like the Dodgers are struggling a little bit. The Dodgers, um, the Twins. I was talking to Rick Savi, another of our growers, who's a Dodgers fan, and uh, he and I were commiserating on the, the start of the year. But I think, uh, yeah, no, no fun if you're in a losing yeah. streak the start of the year, but uh, great fun if you're off to a good start. Houston's got a good team. We all knew that would happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll be chasing them in the West, but... Uh, yeah, and uh, Mike, as far as we're concerned, uh, to use a little baseball uh, lingo, we wish you nothing but great hops uh, into the future. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much, Mike, for joining us. Uh, you know, again, for those of you listening, you can find us uh, either on our website, uh, on our Facebook page, or if you have an Apple phone, you can go to your uh, podcast icon 
type in beer, baseball, and binds, and, and there we are. Thanks again, Mike, for joining us, and uh, enjoy the rest of the uh, the trade show here in Nashville. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, real good.